probably the biggest piece here is that just cause is going to require that neighbors and other tenants become involved in the eviction process and become involved in tenant behavior issues. Good tenants and good landlords do not have problems. Problem tenants and those who are bad neighbors run into issues and run into evictions currently. Those tenants also sometimes use the system against other tenants and their landlord. Just cause protects those bad neighbor tenants. It protects potentially tenants that are just not nice to live next to. That neighbor who makes terrible comments to you. Maybe that neighbor that makes racially inappropriate comments to you. The landlord will lose a tool to deal with that situation. With the current, with the status quo, at the end of the lease, you would be able to say to that tenant, I'm sorry, I don't want to renew your lease. But now you would actually have to go through a formal eviction process um, and you would have to prove it in court. It makes it very litigious. You would have to prove whatever breach there was and these things that happen between tenants is not easy to prove. And that would be asking one tenant to rat out another tenant in court, not just calling you up and saying, they just called me a racist slur. That's no longer enough. Welcome to Unsolicited Bridge Picks. We are back. I am your host, Charles Winkleman. And I'm Brie Bills. As always, you can find us on Twitter at uh, UnsolicitedVT, where we will disagree with you, but Gabrielle will do it in a nice way. <laughs> uh, man, we have a Patreon, and we're not going to tell you where the Patreon is. You have to find it if you really want to give us money. <laughs> and uh, we have... Uh, How about this is a hot take? Hot take. All right. This is our hot take. Our hot take episode. Town meeting day is in just a couple days. It's in two days, yeah. Tuesday. So we got to get this shit out tomorrow. All right. A controversy has been broiling Burlington, Vermont, <laughs> as landlords take up pitchforks and racist and classist signs to protect their white supremacist property-owning rights to own land and control everything they do with that land. Because they actually can do whatever the fuck they want on their land. Prop 5 is the only thing that might the only thing. keep them from doing Literally. anything that they want. It is just these uh, ruthless tenants, greedy, power-hungry tenants, half of whom pay more than a third of their income to their landlords. A fourth of them pay over half their income to their landlords. These greedy people. Yeah, so we are going to talk a little bit about what Just Cause is, how it's really not that big of a deal. It's really not going to do that much, but that landlords mm -hmm. are still fighting tooth and nail. Yeah, I, I think of it as the good, the bad, and the ugly. And there's a little bit of good, a lot of bad, and a whole lot of ugly. As you could hear from the, the clips that we started this episode with, which were from City Councilor Joan Shannon, a favorite a friend of the podcast. One of our Patreon patrons, Joan Shannon. Thank yes. you, Joan. Yes. Thank you, Joan. We appreciate it. We, uh, we, we're doing this for you. And then Angela Zakowski, who is the head of the Vermont Landlords Association and is a landlord's lawyer, uh, often... The one that comes to mind is the Bissonettes, our wonderful friends, Bill and Shane. So in good company, mm -hmm. in good company for sure. All right. So let's talk about what 
just cause actually means. So evictions in Vermont, evictions in Chittenden County and Burlington. Right now, you can evict somebody as long as it's not in retaliation, theoretically, and uh, as long as it's not discriminating. Yeah, there's a bunch of groups that landlords cannot explicitly discriminate against, but it rarely happens. I mean, you have to go out of your way. You have to be an incredibly dumb landlord to get caught with something like that. Yeah. Uh, evictions can happen. Uh, the biggest complaint from landlords is that the eviction process in Vermont is uh, too arduous, that it is it takes several months, you have to go to court, it costs thousands of dollars, etc., etc., etc. And so a, a lot of evictions don't actually happen through the courts. And when they do, it is almost exclusively because people are poor and literally just can't pay yeah. rent. Yeah, so here's the thing. According to the city council documents on on this issue, we're looking at this issue because promoting residential stability is something worth doing, especially in expensive markets with low vacancy like Burlington, Vermont, like super expensive and 1% vacancy. Is that still the Yeah, case? a little more than 1%. And I would say, especially when over 60% of the people who live in this city are tenants. And so you hear so often from homeowners and landlords who also live in Burlington. They often will complain about how their neighborhoods, many of the neighborhoods are, are quote unquote transient and how hard it is and how it doesn't build community. But then you create ways to ensure that there is some sort of stability, even very basic. Yeah. And they start losing their shit. Right. In Chittenden County, 20% of all filed eviction cases were for no cause which I guess would be what we would be targeting is like not having 20% of evictions happen without any specific reason. I mean, I, I have been very open that I'm not a big fan of this just cause ballot item for many reasons, which we can get into. The biggest issue for me is that if you look under what you're still allowed to evict people for, it includes not being able to pay rent. And so sure, 20% of all filed eviction cases were for no cause, but I, I would bet most of them, if the landlord wanted to do the work, could easily find a reason for cause. Well, and that's the thing. So other other research on the issue of not only just cause, but just stability for tenants um, tells us that having access to stable quality housing is a fundamental foundation for good health. Seems a little bit relevant in the midst of a pandemic. And when you when you look at tenants who t generally have a disproportionate amount of low health outcomes in their communities, seems like an important step to protect and improve the health of our most at-risk residents. Boston also did end up instating just cause eviction. I mean, there are, other, there are other communities that have it. The thing about those other communities is they often have also a lot, lot more protections including some version of rent control with a rent control board that oversees with clear data and documentation about how much landlords are charging with a system that puts the onus on the landlords to prove that they're not doing something wrong and not on tenants. Some places like San Francisco even now are paying for municipal lawyers for tenants who are facing eviction or other issues with their landlord. Mm -hmm. 
And so one of my big issues with this is that by itself, it's not particularly meaningful. No. That's not including all the hurdles that it has to go through in the state legislature. Well, and, and, and so this is a thing also, the just cause ordinance is not... It can't be binding. It can't be binding, right? Because it has to go through the state first. It's, a, it's an obscene amount of work for something that might help five people a year. And, and that's what's so tough is I, I read these landlords and a lot of them are pissed and they mention that and it's legitimate. I mean, that's not a reason why to not do it, but it, it the benefits have been so overstated. Well, it, it, it in like so many of these things, it's largely symbolic, yes. right? You have the right to not be evicted by your landlord for no reason, as long as you don't violate the lease, even though there could be lots of weird things in there that are still legal to put in the lease, and if you can afford a lawyer to help you through the process. It, it means that... Landlords can't uh, can't give a non-renewal. They can't just say, "Oh, you reached the end of the of the lease term, and so, ciao." There hasn't been a ton of research specifically on just cause on the private market. Okay. The research that we do have says it lowers legal evictions, which, by the way, is a good thing. Lowering evictions at all, yeah, is well, and, is a good thing. And I think a big issue here, going back to you know what I was cheekily saying at the top is that landlords feel that they have this right uh, to do whatever they want but right. it's a business landlords are the only business owners who just expect to constantly be making money like any of any other person who's who's run a business who started a business who started multiple businesses knows sometimes they don't work and sometimes you got to sell at a loss and like to a landlord to do that is the biggest sin might as well spit in their eye and call them racist. <laughs> I, I, another thing that confounds me a bit, you know, John Shannon says it's going to make the whole thing too litigious and like it's it, everything is going to be so difficult. You're not going to be able to get bad tenants out. But one of the other things that the research has mentioned, uh, for example, through the eviction lab, which tracks some of this in, I think, in L.A., quote, it is possible that extrajudicial evictions increase after just cause eviction ordinances are passed, which might render the true effects of these laws smaller or close to zero. And these informal evictions are things that happen like landlords might induce renters to leave through monetary incentives or illegal lockouts. And those are pretty difficult to track, of course. Yeah, and we, um, we haven't seen a lot of those, as far as I know of, in Chittenden County, except for Bissonette. Uh, sometimes the boves will do lockouts, but most yeah. of landlords, the way that they do it is just by not fixing things and just waiting until your yeah. housing situation becomes so unbearable that you want that you leave because you're you're tired of the this constant mm -hmm. neglect and harassment. So let's sit, let's talk briefly about who is hating. Well, we already know who's hating on it, right? Basically, this is, and this is across the literature for. Decades. Decades. Okay. It's been the Realtors Associations. It's been landlords. It's been the same people who supported redlining, the same people who supported segregation. What? They're at it again because what matters most is their profits. And it just so happens the less rights people have, the more profit they can make. So the idea of not being able to evict somebody except for good cause is something that has been in the IRS statutes about public housing since the 80s, since 1986. 
that's been something that landlords have had to comply with since then. Mm. And the, the arguments against it have not changed since then. At all. One of the things about the, the good cause framing, which bothers me, is that it's a very liberal framing, right? Or just cause, sorry. That there are good reasons to make someone homeless. Yeah. And if we had a, a system where the state or the community could provide housing for anyone who maybe not was not a good fit for their current homes, that would be one thing. But, I mean, it's the same sort of framing that we see around police and police violence. Was it justified? Was the violence, quote-unquote, justified? Was this eviction, quote-unquote, justified? It's also fucked up to think that it's, like, just to take kids away from their parents, for example, because the parents are poor. Like, those are things that happen. It's just to evict somebody because they're poor. So that's, a, that's uh, what's that word that everybody likes to use? Problematic? <laughs> <laughs> so is. I went and I pulled out this University of Chicago Law Review from 2000 called Good Cause Eviction and a Low-Income Housing Tax Credit. Landlords were up in arms saying that they didn't have to prove good cause for to, to evict people in order to be eligible for this tax credit. Uh, the IRS is like, actually, yeah, you do. So good cause has been well established since 1986. Wait, this is for the tax credit? This is for the tax credits, yeah. So in order to, to qualify for the low-income housing tax credits, you have to comply with this. And what organization enforces that compliance? No one. <laughs> That's something I looked into with the Boves because most of their buildings have low-income uh, housing credits. And I went to the Vermont uh, Vermont State Housing Finance Agency or whatever it's called. And they were like, yeah, here's this federal person you can try to talk to. And nothing ever came of it because there's no money to enforce that. Once again, another right and another law where it doesn't really mean much if there's no money behind it. Yeah. So same, same discussion happening way back when, right? Proponents view it as a critical line of defense against discriminatory treatment or life disruptions, and homelessness for low-income households. Critics, on the other hand, see the limits on landlords' ability to evict tenants as a significant cause of the, quote, failure of housing of the federal housing program um, and as a barrier to expanding private market low-income housing construction. Now, if you take out the low-income part of that because the just cause is talking about private market in Burlington, those are the same... Those are the same arguments, right? <laughs> and uh, it's funny that yeah. they say Congress's failure to attempt to do away with the protection may be an acknowledgement of arguments made by proponents that the costs are minimal and are significantly outweighed by the benefits of good cause eviction protection to low-income tenants. The blame assigned to good cause eviction protection for the problems in federally subsidized housing, whether it's the insufficient supply, the concentration of poverty, the, de the deterioration of safety is viewed as a cynical effort to distract attention from the real sources of such problems, namely long-standing policies of concentrating public housing in impoverished areas, racism, dramatic cuts in all mm -hmm. kinds of federal housing and welfare programs, mm -hmm. poor quality public schools, a low-wage economy, and the like. Huh. Those are all problems we have. <laughs> yeah, it's so amazing. Strange. But... Uh, for, for households living on the financial margins, eviction often means homelessness. To the extent that a no-cause eviction regime allows, quote, secret and silent discrimination, 
Landlords can also exploit low-income tenants' vulnerability, forcing them to endure substandard housing conditions and other indignities under the threat of eviction. Mm -hmm. Wait, what were you just saying, Mm -hmm. Charles? (laughs) Mm -hmm. Something, something, endure Mm -hmm. substandard housing conditions? Mm. Anyhow, Mm -hmm. uh, the moral of that story is it's, it's amazing that the same arguments have been drawn out over so many decades in places where good cause evictions have been the norm i have a suggestion if there's any landlords that are going to listen to this i hope not but maybe you do (laughs) and you're worried about this passing and you're worried about how tough it's going to be to be a landlord i i just i want to offer you some business advice you can sell your fucking house your second house or third house or fourth house or fifth house or whatever it is or 20 unit apartment building you you don't need to keep owning it no one is forcing you to own it that is your decision Mm-hmm. That's your decision. The, the best part for me is when the signs came up, these signs that said, vote no on number five, just cause. And they mimicked exactly the sort of arguments that Joan Shannon and Angela Zakowski yep. both were making. So some of these signs said, protect BIPOC tenants from racist neighbors. Well, some signs said, just cause equals higher rents. Mm-hmm. Some signs were about... It's just it's all over the place. And and I think it's really telling that Councillor Shannon's argument essentially was that the the tenant's girlfriend was having sex with the landlord or something oh, yeah. or vice versa. And that and that, that was reason to evict, like that this woman was being owned and wasn't their own yeah. person. It's a great example. Now, Betsy Allen Pennebaker, the Burlington landlord who owns a one point five million dollar home, rough estimate. And Champlain College professor ended up taking the fall for these signs. And so it's not truly clear who actually was involved with that. And she refused to tell who else it was. But her essentially her argument was because she was only able to get rid of a tenant who had sexually harassed her by threatening him with a no cause eviction, which you can still threaten your tenants. Just letting you know, even if it's not allowed, lots of people do it. Lots of landlords do it. Um, it's just it's just this myopic sort of weaponizing of identity politics and real legitimate uh, fears and concerns about living in housing and not having any control or safety over your own life. Also, sexual harassment very well sounds like it could be a just cause. Right. It depends. Like, yeah. you write the contracts. Right. Like, you set the terms of the lease. All you have to do is prove it. Yeah. Get evidence. Like, it's not that hard. It's like, it's the exact same as bosses who complain about unions and how out, outside of police unions where, where they're free to do whatever the hell they want. Mm-hmm. But most bosses are like, it's so hard to fire someone. It's not. Just do the work, prove you have the evidence, and you can win. <laughs> and the way this uh, ballot item is written is that anyone who lives in a duplex or triplex or whatever is... it. It doesn't involve right. them. So, or if you're going to use it worst, for your family, the worst, or like those kinds of things, like yeah, there's so many carve outs. Like the the only way this could occur, and you couldn't use a, a, a no cause eviction, it would be if you are going over there to fix something and they sexually harass you, and that is very unfortunate. And there are ways 
to address that without making someone homeless. It's amazing to me. So, like, the the argument that, you know, people like Joan Shannon make, it's exactly the same as all of the other <laughs> landlords in the nation. Like, it's copy and paste. It is. Where Joan Shannon was talking about, like, oh, you're going to have to make one one tenant rat out another one and here from the national apartment association here they say when the when issues arise community residents are subjected to living on the property without relief while the investigative and judicial process to convict an individual of a crime takes time the outcome is good residents move out it's that i mean that's that's literally the same argument they use about police we're losing all the good officers because blah, 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 blah. but not only that it's like it should take time, you motherfuckers. Right. My... <laughs> like, it should take time to make somebody yeah. homeless. Well, and it's it's very clear that the people making these arguments are people who have not been in a rental situation or a condo situation for a very, very long time. They own their single family home, likely a very large home on a giant plot of land, usually outside of Burlington. And so... To them, the, I- Charles, are you the idea, me? the idea that uh, <laughs> that you might not like your neighbors, and your neighbors might literally be above you or below you, and you might just have to deal with it or actually talk to them about it, is amazing. I, I like the other side of this, sort of the 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 liberal side of this response, which was uh, State Senator uh, Keisha Rahm's response where in a press conference she said, and this is from Vermont Digger, before the science had come to her attention, she had not anticipated speaking out publicly in favor of the policy. That became impossible to do once these signs were placed around Burlington, she said. And so it, it's fascinating to me that here is someone who ran on and regularly speaks about issues facing people of color mm-hmm. in Vermont and how hard it is to live here and afford to live here, et cetera, et cetera. And yet the only reason she came forward to say, I actually believe this very, very weak proposal should come forward is because the other side was extra super duper racist about right. it and not just regular racist. Yeah. And and she had just written an op-ed <laughs> a matter of weeks beforehand that mentions the crisis of black home ownership in in Vermont, for right. example. And she is, she is, she's marrying into a landlord family. So like there's her own personal interest by it. But I think it's just, it's fascinating. You see who's making these laws. And who her supporters are. And who her supporters are. And, and she, she herself has been a landlord for over a decade too. Um, personally, she owns a duplex. I totally forgot one of the reasons this whole thing even began was because of Joan Shannon. And because of the blog post I wrote when I did that record request that showed that she had used city time and Bill Ward of Code Enforcement to use a city list of landlord emails to send emails to them, an email to them or two to say, hey, you need to respond and put in your public comments about Just Cause. And I pointed out that she was clearly giving preferential treatment to her fellow landlords. And I'm not going to read any of these, but if you want your brain to melt... If you search CEDO, Just Cause Eviction, and you scroll down to the public comments, uh, there is a whole slew of landlords. And every single one of them, almost every single one of them, responded specifically to Joan Shannon's email. And you can even see it in there. They would not have responded if it wasn't for Joan Shannon. To the racism point, uh, Matthew Desmond, Mm. uh, in his book, Evicted, Poverty and Profit in the American City, 
drew on ethnographic research in Milwaukee about severely rent-burdened Americans facing chronic eviction. He characterized the issue of eviction, especially its effect on Black women, as equivalent to the phenomenon of mass incarceration on Black men. And I believe, I believe Michelle Alexander, who wrote The New Jim Crow, agreed with his assessment. This is why people were yeah. up in arms about the those incredibly ridiculous signs. It's just clearly very backward. But yeah, so it, Just Cause, is it racist? No. You know, if if, uh, <laughs> if my neighbor is uh, an anti-Semite and, and calls me a, a Jew boy, uh, I should be able to make him homeless. Uh, Otherwise, my landlord is an anti-Semite. <laughs> Does Just Cause evictions have a negative effect on the growth and quality of the housing stock there is no evidence for that we, and we don't have it now and just look at the fucking housing stock <laughs> yeah yeah we don't <laughs> you like what are we gonna have negative housing stock only, only a know. couple buildings may burn down a year also is it the city council or CETA that put in the there's like a frequently asked questions document about just cause eviction and uh in a, it, they, they say that in a review of U.S. Census data in a number of jurisdictions with just cause eviction policies, that has not been the case. Um, which, again, these these arguments have been made for thirty or forty years about just cause or good cause, and and there's no evidence for this. All the evidence is that tenants continually get fucked over because of racist, oppressive capitalist systems, and not because of more regulation on their exactly. landlords exactly so anyhow vote for it it won't do much but what's the good all right the good here is that we are seeing what happens the collective freakout of capitalists even the particularly the petite bourgeoisie the smaller landlords seeing what happens when their passive income in power within that is is even remotely threatened right that's the good. We're, we're seeing it in real time. This isn't even rent control. This isn't even anything that particularly meaningful. And they're... Although they are trying to make you think that it leads to rent control, which... I wish. It does not. I would be supporting it <laughs> if that was the case. The bad is that it this is helping landlords organize. It's helping them come together uh, against a common enemy, which is tenants who are generally working class, not always, but most often. The ugly is all of the classic sort of racism and uh, fear mongering and dog whistles that we have been seeing occur even in our own little liberal oasis. And the hellish reality of so many of our neighbors living through the experience of being a tenant in, in pandemic times. I talked to a, a third grade teacher last week who said five of five of her families are experiencing homelessness right now. Five of her families. Yeah. Like that's insane. Yeah. That's the ugly. That is. Hey, share this podcast with other people. Not named Joan Shannon. <laughs> Tweet at us what you think about the podcast, depending on who you catch. If someone's mean, it's me. And if someone's nice, it's Gabrielle. And just accept that. <laughs> Don't be weird about but it. But it's a fun. It's fun. It's fun to see. If you want to tweet shit at us, it's a gamble. Tweet at Gabrielle personally, all right? If you don't want, if you don't want the fun house. <laughs> all right. We love you. Stay safe Except out there. Except most landlords. <laughs>
landlords. <laughs> okay. All right. All right, great.